Sam Vecini with me. We've got a lot to get to, obviously, including Tom Crean just running away with the Big Ten title up there on that ladder, cutting those nets. But we're going to start with what is the uh, biggest topic and will be the biggest debate in college basketball between now and Selection Sunday. And that's whether the Wichita State Shockers should receive an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, whether the Wichita State Shockers will receive an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Because they lost, as you know, in the NBC uh, semifinals in overtime to Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa team that went on to win the automatic bid. They're going to be in the tournament for the second straight year. So uh, let me go through the resume first, then we're going to talk about it. All right, your basics. Wichita State is 24-8. and eight. They're ranked 10th at Ken Palm. They're ranked 47th in the RPI. They have one top 70 win RPI. That's a 67-50 win over Utah. They have three losses outside of the top 50 of the RPI, specifically losses to Alabama, Illinois State, and twice to Northern Iowa. Now, here's the deal. They played four games without Fred Van Vliet. I think everybody understands that. They went one and three in those four games. So Wichita State is actually 23 and five with Fred Van Vliet in the lineup. But here's also the deal. Even with Fred Van Vliet in the lineup, Wichita State still is just one and two against the top 50 of the RPI and in possession of just one top 70 RPI win. And they still have three sub 70 losses with Fred Van Vliet. So even if you just look at the Van Vliet game, which is sort of the argument Wichita State's going to make, right? Take us for what we are when we have our point guard, um, you know, in the lineup and healthy. Even if you just look at the Van Vliet games, the resume is still really, really light. It's one top 70 win and three sub 70 losses. Simply put, at least in my opinion, a resume like that isn't even usually seriously considered. But again, Wichita State is 10th at Ken Palm, and no top 15 Ken Palm team has ever been omitted from the NCAA tournament. So something has to give, right? And the projections are all over the place. Our buddy Jerry Palm says Wichita State is headed to the NIT. Meantime, ESPN's Joe Lenardi says they're a seven seed. So that's about as wide of a gap in NCAA tournament projections uh, that you're ever going to see. So let's get into it. I'm going to start with you, Sam. I've got two questions. Should the Shockers make it the NCAA tournament? Will the Shockers make it the NCAA tournament? Okay, here's what I would say. In a normal NCAA tournament year, no, I do not think Wichita State would make it. This year, though, it's a really, really weak year. Like, it is a really soft bubble in a way that I can't remember. And, you know, like, it always seems like the bubble is really soft, like, to people that, you know, look at this stuff regularly and cover the game. But this year, it just feels like, I mean, you're talking about, like, mid-level SEC teams that are on that bubble. And I would much rather think that, Wichita State is better than Florida, Alabama. Uh, I think Wichita is probably better than Vanderbilt, honestly. All right, to, uh, um, let me stop you right there, because uh, here's the deal. This is going to be a, totally like a philosophical question. I mean, like this is this is where the debate comes in. Nobody debates whether Wichita State is better than some of the teams that are going to be safely in the NCAA tournament. The problem sure. is the problem is they don't have the resume. And the next problem is going to be so, that, so like, you know, but, yeah. another another one of those teams that's on the bubble is Tulsa. Tulsa beat them when well, they had Fred Van Vliet. Well, like, well, so like my, 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 again, we could go a million different ways with this and we will, but the issue becomes it, nobody. So if the arguments, I think Wichita State's one of the best at-large candidates available, nobody, like seriously, nobody argues otherwise. But the problem becomes sure. you got to be able to show me on paper, just like. 
uh, all the time we say, hey, we think that team's good, but they didn't accomplish anything. Like, they, it's a real dilemma for the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee because if you just want to say, I think Wichita State's better than most of the other bubble teams, I think literally 99% of college basketball fans would agree with you. But their yep. resume's not. So what do you do, Sam? Sure, I would put them in, personally. Uh, what I think the committee will do, I think that's going to be a really interesting test. Because last year they came out and said that, you know, we're looking at these advanced metrics more and more and right. more, right? We're we're looking to see where these teams fall uh, in, in metrics like Ken Palm, like KPI, like uh, whatever ESPN's is. I forget what the acronym is. Um, that's the BPI, you know, like Sam. It's the, the BPI. BPI. Yeah, Sagarin ratings. Like, they're looking at all these things, and all of those ratings, for the most part, KPI has them a little bit lower, but all of these ratings, for the most part, would say that Wichita State should be a tournament team. Sure. Last year, I think that UCLA got in largely on the back of their uh, pretty strong Ken Palm rating. So uh, I think that Wichita State gets in and plays in Dayton. Uh, I'm not about to bet money on it, though, by any stretch. Matt, what do you make of this? Should in, should Wichita State get in the NCAA tournament? Second question, will Wichita State get into the NCAA tournament? Because I really do think you can have two different answers to those questions. I got a lot here. Okay, first of all, GP. Um, Wichita is 47 in the RPI, and their non-conference strength of schedule is 81. What would you say to a team that I told you had a 38 RPI and a non-conference strength of schedule of 44? Don't cheat. What would you say to a team like that? That's not enough. I told you that's, that not, that's not enough information. They had a, they had one league loss and six losses total. That's not enough information for me. I need to know how many who how many good teams did they beat? How many bad teams they lose to? Okay, fair enough. What I'm getting at here is. That's Princeton's resume, which Princeton will not even remotely be now, on anyone's. You're proving my radar. point. If this were anybody else's resume, we're not even talking about them. That's the point I'm making here, GP. That's the point you I've know. made for a week. Norlander. Stand by, stand by, stand by. Okay, go. <laughs> so, um, thanks, Megan. So, uh, so Princeton is super interesting because basically, from every metric standpoint except the fact that they, they lack wins against legitimate teams, except Yale, which is in the tournament, obviously. Shout out Princeton to Yale. Shout out to Devin Downey. There we go. So um, Princeton probably won't even enter the discussion, uh, but maybe it should, and I think that the, the committee will at least entertain Princeton. That's the thing I had to say about Princeton. Now, as for Wichita State, here's the deal. And we mentioned it on the previous podcast, and we kind of set it up. We're like, it's going to be really interesting if they don't get to the final if they only lose in the semis, that's exactly what happened. Here are the stats. I'm going to have something on this on Monday on the site. Uh, this will be included. Every year since 2002, this is the highest rated Ken Palm team as of Selection Sunday. Not the end of the year. As of Selection Sunday, these are the highest rated Ken Palm teams that did not get into the field. In 02, it was Carolina, 22. The year after, Texas Tech was 35. Georgia was higher but ineligible. In 04, Florida State, 25. In 05, Ohio State, 30. In 06, Missouri State, oh, that was the famous year where they were 21 in the RPI, the highest rated RPI team never to get there. Shout out 07, to Barry Henson. There we go. Remember 07? Doug Glotley make a huge stink about how Syracuse sucked and wouldn't get in. They didn't. They were 29 in Ken Palm that year. 08 was New Mexico at 31. 09, San Diego State was 32. Notice the pattern here. 2010, Virginia Tech, 36. 2011, New Mexico State, 38. 2012, Drexel, 39. 2013, Iowa, 33. 
The past two years, SMU was 32. Last year, the highest-rated team in Ken Palm to not get in the field, Florida, 45. Wichita State is 10th this year. I think this is the most intriguing and controversial and interesting at-large candidate that I've ever seen in my life because it has an amazing win. Granted, it's at home, but Utah's probably going to be a three seed. That's an incredible win. It does not have anything else from that aside from one win against the UNI team that, yes, has a weird but oddly, like, attractive schedule because of the fact that it's beaten Carolina and Iowa State. My guess is that Wichita State will be a number one seed in the NIT. If I had the choice, if I had the choice, I would put Wichita State in the field. And I'll be honest, from a pure, uh, some people just want to watch the world burn aspect of it, I would like to see Wichita State get in the field because I think a lot of people would lose their freaking minds over this because Wichita State, because of its undefeated run a couple of years ago, because it got written up, it's it's had this effect on a lot of people where they want to tear the program down. They they don't they don't want to see it as this uh, top thirty national program for whatever reason. So I think because it has a uh, an RPI slate that honestly. GP, you're right on the money here. In a lot of cases, I mean, we wouldn't even be – what would we even be talking about here? But with Wichita State, they have – It's. I think it's undeniable that we can't remove ourselves from the fact that these players, Van Vliet and Baker most notably, um, have been a part of you know relevant basketball in the past three seasons, and it is very tough to remove that aspect from it. So the question becomes – Will the committee remove that aspect from this team? It says it will. I think that's a very hard thing to do, but it says it will. And two – the number 10 Ken Palm ranking. I mean, this is by far and away higher than anybody else. It would it would blow away any records we've had. And we know it says they pay more attention to uh, to those kind of metrics. So I'm, I'm super intrigued. And and you mentioned it. Lunardi has them as a lock right. as a seven seed, which is like out of this freaking world yeah. to me. Like, I don't right. even see yeah. how Here, that's here's, really here's, a, here's the thing I would say about this. I, I, uh, I obviously, I'm close with Jerry. I'm friends with Jerry. Uh, Joe... I don't know as well, but I'm friendly with Joe. I, I respect his work. He's good at what he does. He, he didn't become Joey at brackets for no reason. Um, I think they're both overstating their positions like crazy. And I wonder if we've got into like this, you know, you got these two, the two most prominent bracketologists like digging their heels in, right? And this is, it's, sure. sort, of, it's sort of fascinating on that level as well, because like one of these guys is going to be embarrassingly wrong because Palm is basically saying there's no shot. And Lenardi is basically saying there's no shot they don't, make it i mean there's no shot yeah there's no shot they miss it like paul is basically saying there's no shot there wichita state's making it and lenardi's basically saying there's no shot wichita state is missing it whereas i don't know how either one of them could be that confident in those positions because this is the norlando you got it exactly right this is the most fascinating at-large candidate i've ever seen and 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 arguably the most fascinating at-large candidate ever, if only because we have so much data available that we've never had before. If you take uh, like if you if you take some data and push it your way, I mean it's clear Wichita State belongs in the field. But if you take the other data and and examine it, it's clear Wichita State has no business in the field. And I really do think it's going to come down to um, how the committee decides to handle this situation because. And, and you, you said a good you said something that I, I found interesting a second ago, which is, um, is the committee going to say, hey, this is a good basketball team. They're good enough to be in the field. They belong because I think that's a philosophical question again. Are we, what are we trying to do here? This is this is ultimately what's going to come down to. Is the committee really trying to get the best bracket available in terms of what is it again? Help me out. How many automatic bids and how many at large? Oh, gosh, is it 30? 30- 
36, 35, I forget. 34, uh, I, 34, 35, 36. I want to say it's 34 at large. I want to say that. Yeah, I think it's, you're right. Yeah. There are 32 leagues. I believe there are 36 at large. Okay, okay, 36, okay 36 at large. You're right. So, okay. If that number's not right, I'm sure 100 people are No, it is. That. 32 okay. and 36 is 68, okay. and there are 32 leagues. Okay, yes. so it's 36 at large. Here's what, okay, this is what it's going to come down to, honestly. Is the committee in that room to pick the best 36 at large teams? Or are they yeah. in that room to pick the best 36 at large resumes? To, to, are, you, are you trying to find the best 36 at large teams? Or are you trying to find the 36 most deserving at large teams? Because those are two different things. And one of those, <clears throat> Wichita State is clearly in. The other one, I think Wichita State is clearly out. Yes. Uh, Sam, give me one more thing here and then I'll shut up. GP, you're right on the money. Um, the one other fact I forgot to state was if you bring up the Wichita State page on Ken Palm, which every committee member will do, they are the number one defense in the country. Yep. And that will that will absolutely be something that the committee that people that want to stump for them uh, will stump for them. There's a guy also the current Ohio athletic director was the AD at Wichita State who hired Greg. Um, I have looked into it. He is not mandated to step out of the room when discussing Wichita State. He can opt to recuse himself from those discussions if he wants, but he does not have to. So that's another wrinkle to the process and something for conspiracy theorists to boil over if Wichita State does get in. One last thing. Um, the committee basically tries to get the best at teams into the field, but they, but they are very intentionally... Um, they qualify it heavily on both sides of this because you can't simply say we want the best teams in the field because if you do that, all of the big conference programs will simply load up with crap non-conference resumes, rely on their own leagues, and then say, hey, look at us. Clearly we're good. Look what we did in league play. You have to give one side to the aisle and give some to the other. So it's it's this weird, bizarre blend that can sometimes really hurt teams who can't get these games scheduled. Wichita State is not necessarily in that position anymore. It's able to get into these fall tournaments where it's it's an attractive program now where it's able to play Iowa and USC and Alabama. Um, but I'm with you. I think Wichita State is one of the 36 best at-large candidates. Easy. But it, but it absolutely – and Sam, I know you said it's a crap year – but I don't even think even in the crap it, year, you're right. Even I in the don't crap think year, it has one of the 36 best at large resumes. I oh no, it, it doesn't. I yeah, agree. Yeah, I personally that. lean to the team, and the team and the metrics with Ken Palm and Sagarin say it's Wichita State. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you by any means on the resume. I just wonder if, like, because it's such a weak bubble year and such a weak resume year on the bubble there could be a little bit more leeway shown to a team like Wichita state that does have a little bit of a substandard resume overall, but uh, on the whole is probably one of the best 20 teams in college basketball, let alone one of the best 36 at large uh, candidates, basically. So no, I, I'm on the same page as you guys. I think that ultimately Wichita state does get in, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not betting money on it or anything. DP, where I, are you? Because I say no. Yeah, I, I, man, I could argue this both ways. I mean, I like, know, but like, like, if you, if but... you hired me, like, if you hired me to go in and make an argument for Wichita State, I could make it convincingly. If you went in and hired me to make an argument against Wichita State, Wichita State, I could bury them. Like, and and I do think it creates, and I hate this phrase, but it it applies here, like a slippery slope. If you, as a selection, as the selection committee, basically, you know, talk to Greg Gumbel next Sunday and say. 
after you put it Wichita State in and Greg Gumble or Seth Davis or whomever, Doug Gottlieb, it'll probably be Doug. <laughs> it'll almost certainly <laughs> it'll almost certainly be Doug. <laughs> you know, says, hey, one top seventy win, three losses outside of the top fifty, even with Fred Van Vliet in the lineup. How 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 do you justify this? And and they sit there and say, yeah, we looked at the resume, we see the same thing you see, that it's really not a better resume than say Princeton's resume, but. We just think they're good, and, and, and we have some data and some computer formulas that suggest that, that that's true, and we decided they belonged in the fifth. Okay, fine. You bet you're going to apply it next year? Because every year there's a team like this. Every, I mean, not, not like this, but every year there's a team that is way be- seemingly way better or significantly better than its resume actually shows. But because of, for scheduling reasons, whatever reason, they just couldn't get top 50 games they you know or all their top 50 games were were by games that they had to play on the road are you going to be willing to just just disregard a resume for another team in the future like that's i think so so here would be my argument to that i mean matt just wrote about george mason this week right that george mason team was in a very similar situation to what this wichita state team is i mean this I was even... without even looking that george mason team had a better resume than this wichita state team outside well of i can tell you i mean i did the story i don't I, know that it does it, it, you know what in a lot of ways it did its rpi was better it played in a better league right. it did not have a win uh well you could argue winning on the road at wichita is state that, that year was probably... a better league that year, yes, absolutely. The CAA in that time was getting multiple, got multiple bids. That nice. that season, the CAA was better than which than the Valley was this year. Um, Mason had a better win. I would argue that winning at Wichita State that season, which was a seven seed, um, and it's funny how the the threads kind of connect here with Wichita State from '06, uh, is a better or is a harder win than Utah at home for Wichita State. It's actually really, really close. Um, but anyway. There's no way I'm saying beating Wichita State by three is better than beating this Utah top 10 Utah team, team by, yeah. by 17. Uh, I'm with Sam on this. Although winning at Wichita is a hell of a deal. I, I don't know. You, you could argue that either yeah. way. You can argue I, anyway. let's, let's take into account just how hard it is to win on the road. I mean, there, yeah. there are some pretty wild swings there. I think sure. it's about even. But you're right. It is a 17-point home win over Utah. And by the way, if Utah wins the Pac-12 tournament, I think that continues to make this even more interesting because the win will continue to look better and better for Wichita State. I, I yeah, yeah, and here's the, here's the other thing, too. Like, after that win, what was George Mason's best win? It was very similar in that you have teams here like – Maybe who was the other CAA team that made the tournament? Uh, well, they beat Wilmington that got the auto bid. Um, okay, so they lost one to that Wilmington. Was it. They, they had Wilmington. here's the, the very interesting thing about Mason that year was the four best teams that they they the five best teams they played out of conference they went one four against and the one win was against Wichita State on the road. All the other teams Creighton, mm-hmm. Mississippi State, Wake Forest, and I'm blanking on the other one. They lost all of Old those Dominion. games. Old Dominion was in the league that year, so um, so I might even be missing that uh, entirely. But uh, but or like the four best, like so maybe they're one and three. Um, but the four best teams they played before the calendar turned to the next year, they were zero and four against. So, uh, but it, it you know, and obviously year to year it changes. Like this, the the field is never the same. You can't take one team one yeah, year. No, and compare- yeah, no, you're right. That, yeah, that, so that's- so here's going to be my point though is that I don't think it would create a slippery slope. 
like what Gary was saying in the last part there, like, I guess, 15 minutes ago before yeah. we got sidetracked by George Mason. <laughs> I, um, I think that it would not create a slippery slope, though. It's a very similar resume to what George Mason got in on. And uh, I think we've seen teams like George Mason been left out in the past. And I think we've seen teams like Wichita State been left out in the past. Sure. And, and I don't think that we're going to have a problem leaving them out in the future if we leave this, which if we put this Wichita State in the team in the tournament. All right, let me ask you guys one more thing, because uh, Norlander said this a minute ago, and, and he's absolutely right as it applies to the selection committee. But I wonder if 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 the if recent history shouldn't apply. In other words, they very clearly say we look at this season and anything that happened before this season is irrelevant as far as we're concerned. That said, they're also humans. They're very aware that, you know, this Wichita State team has, you know, uh, you know, with with these two guards. And I know it's it's a totally different rosters, but like Bam, Baker and Van Vliet were parts of, of all this. You know, they played the final four. They finished a regular season undefeated. So on and so forth. They just won a, a however many straight Missouri Valley Conference title. Went to the Sweet title. 16 last season. Went to the Sweet yeah, 16 I mean, Every year season. they've done something pretty notable if you were, by yeah, the time. Right. If you were arguing, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's it's Final Four. The Van Vliet-Baker years are Final Four, undefeated regular season, Sweet 16. All right? So if you're arguing in favor of, of, of Wichita and you're in that room, is it that – I know it's not technically allowed, but, but should it be? Should you be able to stand up and go, okay – they're 10th in Kimpom. That that essentially means they'd be favored over everybody except nine teams in the country on a neutral court. This is a good basketball team, all right? This is undeniably a good basketball team. Beyond that, they got one of the best coaches in college basketball. We know that. Somebody who has had postseason success. Beyond that, they've got two guards that we have watched go to a Final Four. We have watched go undefeated in a regular season and push a Kentucky that went to the national championship game to the final buzzer. And we have watched go to a Sweet 16. So no, the resume's not there, but that's got probably more to do with their league affiliation than anything else. Put them in because we're trying to create the best tournament we can create, and that's one of the best teams in the country. To not put them in would be ridiculous. We've seen what they've done in years past with, uh, with, this, with a similar core, certainly these two guards and the coach. Let's not overthink this. Wichita State belongs in the field. Isn't that a reasonable thing to argue, even if it's not technically allowed? Can't do that. I know you can't. But what? But should you be able to? No, because from then, because then you really get into a bad situation there, where people already think that the committee gives too much um, leverage and favoritism toward the name schools based on what they've done in the past. And so you can't open that up and really just rip open Pandora's box to where everyone's going to think that seating will be sim- and selection will simply be based on um, the pedigree of a program without, you know, really fully acknowledging that each team on a year by year basis is its own individual entity. And you need to be rewarding and evaluating a team based on every specific year. That's fair. And I don't disagree, but I'm willing to open Pandora's box. <laughs> and I know you will. You may bottom line it for you. Here's what I think. I think they'll be in. I think they'll be in the first four, and um, I think people will go crazy about it. So it's 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 me against you two. I'm yeah. I'm I think that I'm gonna, I I want to see them in. I'll be honest, because I, I I want I think it's a better tournament to see them in. Yes. Um, and two people are gonna freak out. Like people will definitely be really angry. But my guess is that they don't get in. But you guys say yes. It'll be super interesting, man. And I know we're gonna be talking about this a week from now, no matter I'll what say, happens. Uh, I'll say this: I won't be outraged either way. I won't because I, because I, I think you can, I can you can argue it either way as we have for 23 minutes now. Um, you can argue it either way. So I'm not going to be the guy that stands up and says, what did the committee do if they put them in or if they leave them out? Because I think you can reasonably 
do either. And what to me the most interesting thing, I just really want to see who who survives the Lenardi uh, Palm fight to the death yeah. on Wichita State because they could not. Have you? Can you ever remember two guys who are basically looking at the same information and be so different in in what That's... they see? I mean, like that, you yeah. can you can say whatever you want about Palm or Lenardi. That's not the point. The point is they both understand the process. They do this for a living, and I don't think there's ever been a time when they've looked at a team and seen two totally different things because they are looking at the same. They they have access to all. You know, actually, I was going to say they're looking at the same stuff. Although Jerry won't look at Kim Palm for whatever reason, he's so anti Kim Palm. I never seen anything like it. Man, Jerry Palm hates Kim Pomeroy. Why do you <laughs> think Jerry Palm hates Kim Pomeroy? I'm not here to speculate, man. I don't know, but it, it absolutely is why um, he doesn't have him in the field right now. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's it. But it, I've, I've never – I don't remember them, in all, in all seriousness, looking at the – you know, essentially the same information and seeing so drastically different things. So this is going to be the story, uh, you know, as, as this week unfolds and, and heading into Selection Sunday, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again on a future podcast. Between now and then, let's move on. How about Tom Kareem running away with the Big Ten? Went out there, beat Maryland in the regular season finale, pulled a Bill Self, won his league by multiple games, up there standing on a ladder, giving us the perfect design for the Tom Kareem statue we have decided will be built outside of Assembly Hall someday. Norlander, Tom Kareem. This is, this is, I'm, I'm seating the Sam. First ballot Hall of Famer, or does he have to wait to get in? First ballot. I think, I think. so. Uh, Two outright yeah. big titles inside of four years. I this is this is right there with my favorite stories in college basketball this year, if only because like, I mean, God, they were ready to fire him like in Maui, like Dude, not let him back on the plane Troy, in Maui. Right? Troy Williams' mom was cussing Tom Cream on Facebook while they were playing in Maui. We have gone to that to them winning the Big Ten by multiple games. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I am pretty disappointed that I still have not seen a photo yet on Twitter of Tom Crean on that ladder. God. I don't know if he's getting on it. I, I, they took a photo and everything, and I think he started his press conference. I don't know if he's getting on that ladder. If he does not get on that ladder, I will. I will be furious with him. I will. I will. I will text him whatever the angry uh, emoji is. <laughs> I'll send it to him tonight. The red face, the yeah, red face, yeah, like I'll, devil emoji or whatever. What, what yeah. if I just send Tom Cream? Send, send, send him thirty of those. <laughs> what if I just send Tom Cream the, the the angry emoji with with a with a simple hashtag? I'm so disappointed in you. Dude, no, no, it's just get, the emoji, get, and then he sent he sends you back the classic uh, contemplating emoji with the hand <laughs> on the chin. Oh get on that ladder. I love the Tom the Tom Green story. I really do believe. Needs my, to. We my, need a ladder emoji now that you say that. That's, it needs to happen. Is there a ladder emoji? I'm literally checking right why now. Why can't Go somebody ahead. make me a Tom Green shirt? Carry just, on. I'm checking for a ladder emoji. Yeah, find it, Norlander. Here's what I want. I want somebody to design me a shirt, and on the <laughs> on the front, it just has a ladder. That's it. Just a big ladder. No, no, no. And on the back, Dude, I, I cream, found the Tom Green photo with the ladder. And on the back, like him on cream. the ladder, like holding the net. You can't spell ladder without cream. That's what I wanted to say on the back. You can't spell ladder without C-R-E-A-N. That's what I want my shirt to say. Which isn't why even true. Why don't I? That's right. what makes it funny. If we if we show up to Vegas, like all three that's of what, us no, that's in what I'm those getting shirts. At. We need someone to make these shirts, and then we all wear them together and look like complete idiots. Dude, you wear it. Dude. I'll wear it every day. You kidding me? I'll never take it off. So love the Tom Crean story. If only because when I wrote the Tom Crean story back in November, like it was it was well received by basically everybody in the country except Indiana fans. Indiana fans hated me 
So it made me root for Tom Crean even more than I otherwise would because I was rooting for my story. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I got emotionally attached to my story. So then I started, I said, going, okay, you guys think I'm dumb for explaining to you how dumb you are for not appreciating the great Tom Crean? Well, now look, he's standing on the ladder again. While you, yes. were, while, hey, while you were out there trying to figure out exactly what his buyout is, Tom Crean, Tom Crean was climbing a ladder again. He absolutely was. You know who else was climbing a ladder? Who? We forgot to segue to this. Ben, ben Jacobson, because ben that was that a sick buzzer beater. Washpun is nasty, uh, just crazy crossover, and that ball bounced like a good foot above the top of the backboard and fell in. That's just like one of the amazing March Arch Madness highlights, I should say. And GP, I wish you were there to see it in person. You know what? I was driving home uh, today, but I did um, I did see it as soon as you tweeted it on my phone, not to suggest that I was uh, looking at Twitter and driving at the same time. Definitely was happening. But um, but I did see it. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. That moment, like, it is both awesome and heartbreaking. Because yeah. that's the nature of these, you know, essentially, like, it could be. I know we're not going to get the witch dog debate again, but it could. For these two teams, it was it was win or and you're in, lose, and you're out. Like, that, it's a high-stakes 40-minute basketball game. And, you know, I was there the past couple of days. I did sideline in the semifinals. I spent time with Ben. I spent time with, with uh, I spent time with Ben and Wes. I spent time with Marty and Blake and, and uh, Simmons, of course, the Evansville coach and his son. And. Um, you know, Marty, like he's an Evansville grad and like, that's his son on his team. And he's never been to the NCAA tournament as a coach. He had never been in the NBC tournament final as a coach. And just the, you know, listen, any coach will tell you taking your, taking a team to the NCAA tournament for the first time is like the best professional moment you could ever imagine. But then combine that with taking your alma mater and then combine that with taking your alma mater and your son's in the Jersey next to you. And so, like, you watch that ball bounce when Wes shot it today. And, you know, awesome for you and I. I'm so happy for those kids and for Ben, who's a hell of a coach. But I, there was, and, but as soon as I, like, and then there was the other side of me that was, like, just, ugh, for Mark. Because you, like, who knows? I mean, you're at Evansville. That's cool. Like, I think, I think, I think the local high school, like, across, down the street from my house has more students than Evansville. And, mm. and, you know, you, you may never get that. You may never be that close to an NCAA tournament bid again. And uh, I don't know, man. Though, though these one-bid leagues or these, these championship games where, you know, you got two guys, like it, it's four months. And, and by four months, I mean seven, eight months, nine months, 12 months maybe of just hard work. And you get to this moment, and there's a ball that bounces off the rim. And if it goes in, awesome for that guy. And if it doesn't, Awesome for the other guy. And it is, it is both unbelievable theater. It is both like, you know, it's, it's an incredibly awesome moment for somebody. And it's just a heartbreaking, crushing moment for somebody else. And given that I was around both those guys and their families, like just yesterday, I don't know, man. It was a weird thing to watch. Yeah. That Evansville team over the last like two or three years too has been awesome. Like, DJ Ballantyne has scored, like, 20 points a game for the last three years. Do you years. know this? He scored nearly 900 more points than Ron Baker. Everybody knows Ron Baker. DJ yep. Ballantyne has scored about 900 points more than Ron Baker in the same four-year period. Yeah, he, DJ Ballantyne might be the leading scorer in college basketball he is. right now. He's the leading actor yeah, scorer in college say. basketball. You're talking to the sideline reporter, Zini. I know all this stuff. You do. And then Gideon Miscavishus. Uh, Picked up right two now, early fouls yesterday. 
Yeah, he's he's leading. a statistical absolute beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Leads yeah, yeah. the nation in double doubles. Leads the nation in double doubles. Who's your sideline reporter? So in in defensive rebounding rate, he has a 39.2 defensive rebounding rate. I've never seen something that high. Uh, his the difference between him and second place is the difference between second place and like 30th in the country. <laughs> right. Like he is dominating the glass in a way that. Like, you know, whenever he first got there, no one, no one knew him. It's incredible. It's awesome that this kid is uh, probably going to be a pro. Uh, might be in Lithuania, uh, but he'll get a lot of money to play in Lithuania for sure. Shout out to Lithuania, then. Shout out to Lithuania, and he'll get a shot in the NBA, too. All right. Uh, if he wants it. So, so, so Sam, me- your point is well, uh, well stated. Um, in fact, you had a tweet earlier that was right on the money, just that Evansville has been, you know, Wichita State and Northern Iowa have overshadowed Evansville over the past three or four yeah. seasons, but it's been a really good program in that league. And I know the nation largely doesn't realize this, but like within the league, there's a lot of respect for what Evansville has been and how tough a scout it's been. And that program is like, it's really due. People might not realize, but there was a plane crash in the seventies with the program. Um, it's, it's owed some, some good stuff here in the coming years. And I hope that, uh, that it can get to the tournament. You also mentioned just real quick here, the big South, you know, high point was at the top of the league. High point finished at the top of the league standings four straight years. It had John Brown, who might've been the best dunker in college basketball past across the past four years. He might be like the best player in big South history. Really? He might be. And he's like like a great, great dude has gone through a ton, um, freak athlete, but he hurt his foot. And uh, they didn't win the Big South. And so and and coincidentally, Scott Cherry, who was at George Mason and I interviewed for my Mason story, he is the coach at High Point. They just can't quite break through. And so while we talk about you and I and we and we're you know, we have these small schools that have these huge moments, as you were saying, GP, there are teams like High Point that have like been so close. But you know what? They're playing at two o'clock on a thursday or friday afternoon you might not see the game and then just their season's done it evaporates like that and they just keep pushing and keep pushing and they can't break through and it's uh you know it, it honestly it's 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 a really frustrating thing for those guys especially when you've been good like it's not like they had one good year like evansville mm-hmm. is really good for four straight seasons yeah. high point was the best team in the big south across four straight seasons and has nothing to show for it in terms of national recognition well wait hold on high point was the best team in the big south for four straight seasons John Brown in those four seasons has never won a Big South Conference tournament game. Like they've gone out in the first game that they played in the Big South Conference tournament each year until this year when they beat Longwood in the first round and then lost in the second round when he wasn't playing. So it's just like an incredible, uh, like thing that happened. It's so it's all luck. Basically, once you get into these conference tournaments, a little bit of scouting, a little bit of skill, obviously, but it's so much luck. And uh, it really does think that, you know, guys like DJ Ballantyne and Gideas Miscavishes and John Brown don't get to play in the NCAA. No, a ball bounces up and it can go anywhere and it just happens to fall right back to the rim. Like that really could be the difference. Like that really is the difference between DJ Ballantyne finally making the NCAA tournament and him never making the NCAA tournament by extension. Uh, rewind 24 hours. Fred VanVleet's got the ball top of the key. Tie game. If he scores right there, we're not even having the Like, Northern Iowa Great is, point, not, GP. is not going. Like, Fred VanVleet's got the ball top of the key. And he's got space. Go. And he just could make the shot, you know. And uh, and if he makes it, you, which is a shot he's made a bazillion times in his life, a bazillion times, 
he makes that, you and I has got no shot at going to the NCAA tournament. Like, it's these little bitty moments. And some coaches are haunted by that forever. Meantime, you go to the Southern Conference, and we're recording this about 15 minutes before East Tennessee State Furman tips off. But if East Tennessee State wins, they're the favorite. Um, they will play Chattanooga in the Southern Conference title game, at which point it'll be first-year coach Matt McCall against first-year coach Steve Forbes. Um, with an automatic bid on the line, like a f- former Florida assistant and a former Tennessee assistant, so two former SEC assistants uh, could be. And here one. they are, their first, their first crack at it. Yeah, this is the first crack. Guys. Yeah, it'll be like, yeah. yeah, it'll be a neat story. Like if, if again, we're recording this before East Tennessee State plays Furman, and it, it's you know, East ETSU is favored, but it's like shout a- out to Nico Medved at Furman. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, that team's been like a bottom fifty team in college basketball for the last first two years he was there. Now he's a shot to go to the NC, go to the NCAA tournament. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So my point is like, you know, the uh, Marty Simmons out there just fighting forever. Right. And, uh, and yet there is a scenario under which uh, is the championship game Monday night, the Southern conference championship. I guess it's Monday night. Right. Um, Probably. It, yeah, it'd be, it'll be first year, former Florida assistant, Matt McCall against first year, former Tennessee assistant, Steve Forbes playing, and one of them end up in the NCAA tournament. Again, if it goes that way, ETSU beats uh, uh, Furman. So anyway, as I was watching uh, Marty Simmons' uh, dreams get crushed on uh, a Sunday afternoon, it's about the same time where I saw Bill Self's life get crushed as well. <laughs> he didn't win the Big 12 Coach of the Year. Hey, man, there's a lot of people that think Tubby rightfully won. I would have picked – actually, we have awards. I know we're going we're gonna to mention them. And we have Bill Self. I pick Bill Self. I get the Tubby thing, but come on. Tubby should finish second. That's the thing. People think when I say it's crazy for Tubby to win, I don't mean it's crazy for Tubby to finish second. Tubby could finish second. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. But in the when you win the toughest league in the country by two games without a single projected first-round draft pick on your, in your starting lineup, and you don't win coach of the year, what are we even talking about? Like, what are we even talking about? It seems crazy. Like, it's bananas to me. And you know what people say to me? They say, well, you have to understand, um, you know, Tubby really exceeded expectations. That's fine. They didn't do a better job than Bill Self did. I mean, I agree with you. Like, Creed. Creed exceeded expectations. But it shouldn't have won Best Picture. Spotlight. Okay, Spotlight. I thought Spotlight. you were saying the band, and I was about to really just end <laughs> this podcast. No, Creed the movie. To be fair, they probably did exceed expectations. <laughs> Creed the oh movie exceeded. This is perfect. Creed the movie exceeded expectations. I was. I watched. I watched Creed the movie, and I from where what they had to work with to where they actually got. Wow, that's unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Did they turn that story into like a, a reasonable and respectable film? But it wasn't better than Spotlight. It wasn't better than Room. Like and that's what we're doing. Like Tubby Smith, Tubby Smith is Creed. Tubby Smith made Creed, like awesome. T- took took a a, a a franchise that had sort of been running to the ground and revitalized it. Tubby Smith is is the director of Creed, but he he ain't the director of Spotlight. He didn't make Room. You see what I'm saying? The guy who directed Spotlight also directed an Adam Sandler movie a year ago. You see, well, I don't even, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I just, I just like, don't, don't, don't complicate this, Sam. I'm just saying, <laughs> simply exceeding expectations doesn't get you in play for Best Picture. If it did, Creed would have won Best Picture. You got like, who did the best job? And in in a world where we're talking about Bill Self didn't win the best, no do the best job, didn't make. That's not a world I want to live in, Norlander. It's not a world All I want right. to be a part of. And here's the other thing people tell me. They say, Parrish, what you have to understand is it all Bill Self did is take blue chip recruits and win a bunch of games with them. 
So what? Hey, here's what I'll say. First off, a lot of t- schools get blue chip recruits, and Self's roster ain't that talented. I had a I had a Division one coach text me midseason and say, "How in the world Bill Self end up with division uh, with with uh, with mid major guards?" Man, how did Bill Self end up with mid-major guards? And I don't think that's exactly true. I think Frank and Devontae are better than that. But the point remains, they ain't pros. You ain't going to see Frank Mason and Devontae Graham playing in the NBA next year or any year. All right? So, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. You ain't got them in a, in a, on a big board anywhere, do you? No. Okay. That's my point. So, like, stop it with, like, he ain't got Duke's roster from last year or Kentucky's roster from last year or even uh, Wisconsin or Arizona's roster from last year. And yet – they got 14. But I do think he has the best roster in college basketball this year. Bill Self? Maybe, yeah. maybe. maybe. I, don't, I don't even disagree with that. Or at the very least, I, lo- I don't even I know. Guess I guess at its best. But it hasn't been at its best. That's the point. Well, here, like, okay, here, here, Diallo did nothing. Right. Here's like, my... He actually had to make adjustments with this team. Like, he, he did. Told... He did. Like, I'm yeah. not denying Here's that. what I would yes. say. If the, if the counter argument to me saying Bill Self should be Big 12's coach of the year and anybody who thinks otherwise is stupid – if the counter argument to that is he took blue chip recruits, won a league with them, he was expected to win the league, big deal. If it's no big deal, which which by definition means it's not hard to do, then tell me why nobody else does it. That, that's what they said. They say, well, he's got one of the best jobs in the country. He gets some of the best players in the country, and then he wins the league title. So what? Okay. Well, here, here's why, the funny why, thing. Why can't, okay. You know who else has one of the best jobs in the country? Sean Miller. You know who else gets some of the best players in the country? Sean Miller. Why didn't he win the Pac-12 this year? You know who else gets some of the uh, has one of the best jobs in the country? John Calipari gets the best players in the country. John Calipari. He doesn't win the SEC every year. Mike Shishovsky gets some of the best players in the country. Got one of the best jobs in the country. Doesn't win the ACC every year. If it's so easy to do, why didn't anybody else do it? Literally anybody else in the history of basketball. If it's so easy to get a great job, get great players, and win your league every year with it. Literally in the history of basketball, why has nobody else been able to do that as consistently as the guy working in Lawrence, Kansas right now? Answer that question. Yeah, no, I you're right. And as someone right. who initially voted for Tubby, you sold me on Bill Self. Like, fully. You are right on this one, Gary. Thank I will you. say that. Thank you. Say it again. Um, but say it I, again. I was going to say that he took say three recruits and didn't even use them. I know. That's what's amazing. <laughs> like, that's the funny thing. Yeah. That's what's amazing. The blue chip recruits, he, that even, those ain't the dudes winning the Big 12 title by two games. I mean, Wayne Selden and Perry Ellis, yeah. like, yeah, they're really good recruits. But, like, you know, Wayne Selden coming into this year was, the shine was off his recruiting, uh, recruiting star, so to speak. No, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, listen, let's not let's not discount the roster. The roster's good, right? But it ain't like he's just got five future pros and he's overwhelming people like John Calipari did last year. Or, or Which, either... by the way, he might have five future pros. Well, you know Honestly. what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, uh, like, it, this, ain't, this ain't clear in a way the best roster in the country. All right? And either way, yeah, he right. just, he's got 14 top 50 RPI wins. Oregon is second. It's insane. Oregon is second. How far so, ahead well, that's the Kansas other is of everyone else in terms of resume. Right. I'm telling you. Like, of, I, yeah. I don't think Kansas is that much better than everybody else. Like, the, the, I know, like, but the, the resume is insane. The headline that got put on my top 25 and one was like, Kansas is way ahead of everybody in the top 25 and one. And people interpreted that as, oh, so you think Kansas is way better than everybody else? No, I don't think Kansas is way better than everybody else. I'm not even sure Kansas is like better than Michigan State, for instance. But um, their well, resume they did beat Kansas. Their resume is way better than anybody else's. They have 14 top 50 wins. The next closest team is Oregon with 10. Like Kansas could forfeit its Big 12 opener and be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. 
no question whatsoever. No question without whatsoever. a doubt. Yep. Yeah. It's going to it's going to be the one seed. Do you guys want to quickly hit on our yeah, uh, Sam run through Sam was Sam was in charge of uh, taking our votes and then compiling the votes and then doing all the heavy lifting on our cbssports.com uh, uh, player conference player of the year award. So first off, thank you for handling all that while I was driving and not looking at Twitter while I was driving. Um, we <laughs> did, we did the top 6 leagues in the country according to Kimpom. That is the Big 12, Big East, Big 10, Pac-12, SEC, and ACC. Let's take them in, say, uh, alphabetical order, starting with the ACC. You tell us who won the awards, uh, player of the year, coach of the year, freshman of the year. I don't care about defensive player of the year. Coach of the year, player of the year, and freshman of the year. And then I'll tell you if we got it right or wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, player of the year was Brogdon. Coach of the year was Larinaga. And freshman of the year was Brandon Ingram. I think Brogdon's a very reasonable player of the year. I got no issue with that. I got no issue with Brandon Ingram, obviously. Um, coach of the year, I don't really have an issue with it. I, I'm fine with that. That's where like some people were arguing against my final thought in the in the um, Inside College Hoops column on Friday because I said um, they they said it sounds like your approach to co league coach of the year is just whoever wins the league title. No, not necessarily. Although. I will say, if the guy who wins the league title automatically got coach of the year, that'd be better than the way coach of the year awards are, are divided up <laughs> currently. Like, it, you'd be right more often than you'd be wrong if you did it that way, as opposed to the way these dummies voting seem to do it now on the regular. Um, but, like, this is a perfect example. Uh, Roy Williams is the ACC uh, champion this year in terms of he had the team that finished with the best record. Um, but Larinaga, I think, would probably be ahead of him in coach of the year voting. Uh, Tony Bennett's who I voted for. Um, I think you could, mm -hmm. I mean, Tony Bennett's and play for a one seed at Virginia again. So like, um, I, I don't think yeah. in this one, the, the guy who won the championship um, actually should be the, the, I voted for Bennett, but I'm fine with Larry Nagel. And I think yeah. you could actually, I think you could actually make a case for Buzz Williams too. Yeah. I voted for none of those guys. I voted for Shevsky. I don't have a problem with that either. That's, that's great. Wow. That's very fascinating. Just how many guys that really have a rightful, claim to it overall yeah no it's that was a wide open one uh yeah i'm glad that you mentioned buzz williams because he definitely they're the sixth seed in the acc tournament what are we even talking about here that's Ooh, insane norlander hit you with it duke's the sixth seed no no i'm yeah. saying that's amazing like it's crazy pretty incredible that buzz williams granted louisville isn't eligible so it would be the seventh seed but even still okay like, you being virginia tech what is duke seated in the tournament then Five. Okay. Yeah. yeah so Duke's, Duke's five. Yeah. Duke is five. No, Virginia I'm saying Buzz six. even doing this this year. Like, some people are wondering, like, you know, if Ford leaves Oklahoma State, will Buzz get the Oklahoma State job, and will he even be there at Virginia Tech next year? I'm just saying, if he's there, Virginia Tech's in the tournament next year. That is happening. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, do we want to do teams? All, just all hit, the, hit, the teams. hit the first team. Hit the first uh, I don't care okay. about that. It's just a bunch Come of. Come on. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Brogdon, Brogdon, Cat Barber, Bryce Johnson, Grayson Allen, and Brandon Ingram is who got voted on to it. Whatever. I'm, I'm fine with that. Hey, let's give yeah. the listeners just the first name. They can go to CBSSports.com and, and see all of it. Okay. Yeah. Let's give them uh, We got We got yelled at a little bit for Ingram, by the way. Who who yelled? Uh, people on Twitter. What are, they mad, what are they mad about? Brandon Ingram's awesome. Who do they want on there? They wanted Blossom Game or Sheldon McClellan. Man, get out of my face. Um, big... East, I guess, is next in the 
alphabetical, right? Or Big 12, maybe? We'll just go through the Bs. It can get very confusing trying to figure out how to do Big 12 with all the Big East and, and Big 10s. Let's just go. Let's just okay. go, uh, we'll it, go. The Bs can be taken in any order. Okay, we'll go Big East. Player of the year was Chris Dunn. Coach of the year was Chris Mack. Freshman of the year was Henry Ellenson. I don't think there will be any argument about the uh, last two, Chris Mack and Henry Ellenson. But player of the year was the most contentious vote, I would say. Josh Hart. Uh, it was four to three in favor of Don. The other one being Josh Hart. Yes. Yeah. Who I think you voted for. Is I, that voted right? for I voted for Josh Hart, but I got no issue with Chris Dunn. I, I, that's is, a super, that's a massive toss up. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Think it's a toss, I honestly, I, I would have no problem with Jay Wright over Chris Mack. I voted for Chris Mack, but I think, you know, again, like Jay Wright just won the big East by two games, probably going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Like, you know, like I, yeah. that he's doing yeah. a hell of a job. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got no issue. If you wanted to vote for Jay Wright, I got no problem with that. Mack went, yeah. I think Mack is going to win coach of the year um, nationally. Well, actually I lose track of how, like when some of these votes are done, like, are they done now? I like USBWA. I had to get all my votes in, but are they done yeah. for some after the conference tournament? Because if Chris Mack wins the Big East tournament, he's going to be national coach of the year. I think if he doesn't, then uh, it could go to Tony Bennett. Like I still think that, and or it could. It's not going to happen. Randy Bill, Bennett. Bill said, Self needs to be national coach of the year. What are we even talking I have, about? I put I put Chris Mack one. I put Bill Self two on my ballot for USBWA. How good would just, it be if Bill Self won national coach of the year but didn't win national coach of the year? That really could happen, and it should happen. Yeah, that would be funny. Uh, all Big East team was Chris Dunn, Josh Hart, Ben Bentel. Isaiah Whitehead, and I believe that Roosevelt Jones was on there. Yeah, Henry which Ellison? to me that was. The, yeah, no. I think that was crazy. Ellenson was named unanimous by the Big East coaches onto their team. Because he's awesome and, and he should be. That's crazy. We yeah, no, I up. agree with you. Yeah, so I, we actually, messed that I, one up. And the I other put, thing yeah. that we messed up on this team was people didn't vote for Mo Watson Jr. I uh, Mo Watson Jr. needs to be on the second team, and we I did not have him on the second team. I put yeah. him on. Now, I will say I had I Ellenson. considered him for the first team, to be honest. Yeah, yeah so did I. Fine. I had Ellenson on my second team. The first team that is our first team was my first team, and I would have had Ellenson, but I put Whitehead at the last minute. Rosie Jones is I, – I, I'm strongly in the Rosie Jones camp. I believe that he is absolutely a first-team All-Big yeah. East player. I, here's what I say. I don't care how you do the five. Like, you can have four. You just need Ellenson on there. He's great. I mean, any – I know. He's any, been good. It was not easy, but I was like, Whitehead's been too good over the past, like, week that I just barely put him over Ellenson. That's fine. Go. Next league. Yeah. Uh, Big 12, Buddy Heald won player of the year. Fine. Uh, Bill Self obviously was coach of the year. Uh, freshman of the year was Jawan Evans. That was pretty simple. Except except uh, I, I like tried really hard not to pick him. I know. They're just it was really, it's impossible not to. Big 12. No, there's, um, who's the... Um, You're uh, thinking Kerwin Roach maybe? Yeah, you could go Kerwin Roach, right. You could yeah. go Kerwin Roach. But like, I, I realized, like, am I really going Kerwin Roach? So I went with Jawan. But like, that one to me was like, He's the obvious pick and the right pick probably, but it speaks to the um, the lack of relevant freshmen in the Big 12 this year. They He's really... been injured. Hey, hey, that's the other thing. He's been hurt. Yeah. yeah. But, again, it's just the lack of relevant freshmen right. in the Big yeah. 12. Right. There's just no one else. Right. Um, uh, all team was Buddy Heald, Monty Morris, Perry Ellis, George Niang, and Torian Prince. Seems reasonable. I got no. Yeah, I think that. that that was. I think that was fine. Uh, we did get a little bit of pushback on Monty Morris and George Niang, Who two guys from the sixth place team. Well, it's two guys from the sixth place team. But it's so. It's such a but fine I don't line. Care between, about that. It's yeah. so such a fine line between being sixth and second in that league. Oklahoma plays Iowa State in the quarterfinals of the Big yeah. Twelve tournament. That's stupid. Like yeah. amazingly stupid. No. Just speaks to the power of the league. Monty Morris okay. belongs on that team. He's great. 
Yeah. Big Ten has not been released yet because there's still a Big Ten game left. Uh, uh, who cares? We, we but might, you know it. We might as well just do it. Sure, uh, do it's it. Denzel Valentine, Tom sure. Crean, and Diamond Stone won freshman of the year in a pretty wide open vote. Okay. Um, do you guys have thoughts on any of that? I think it definitely should be Crean, although Greg Gard deserves re- – you could reasonably vote for Greg Gard. I think I said guard, but my vote would, but I voted for guard before Crean beat Maryland, and it would have been Crean after that. Yeah, I voted for Crean. I think it should be Crean, but if it were guard, I wouldn't protest. Um, I think it's Denzel, Denzel clearly. I don't know. Some people would make an argument for Yogi. To me, it's not even an argument, but I understand why people want to say Yogi. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys here. I think it's Denzel. I'd listen to the Yogi argument, and then I'd probably go, okay, it should still be Denzel, but I'd at least listen to the Yogi argument. And then, what was it? Freshman of the year, Diamond Stone? Stone. Uh, it could was my been, vote, yep. Yeah, my vote as well, but I could. I think it could reasonably be Ethan Happ, and I think it could also maybe be Thomas Bryant, although I think that, that he would probably be third on most ballots. Good. Probably also pick Caleb Swanigan, who yeah. led the league in rebounding. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably have picked Diamond Stone fourth of that group, honestly. I know his numbers are a little bit better, but he's also not a very good rebounder. Uh, he's a decent rim protector, but he has, also doesn't really create any, any of his own shots. I understand. Um, he's just, he's, uh, he, yeah, he he's, puts up a lot for not playing a lot of minutes, so that's why he was my vote. And when I watch him play, I understand what you're saying with his faults, but had his best. He's the best freshman of all those four. I think that Ethan Happ probably was more effective than him, honestly. Okay. Um, big All Big Ten team was Denzel, Yogi Ferrell, Jared Uthoff, Nigel Hayes, AJ Hammonds. Easiest really Big Ten, easiest, that. easiest first team of all the leagues, in my opinion, to vote on. Yes, I would I think agree that with was that. a clear cut five. Um, Pack twelve. We'll move on to uh, Jakob Pertl was our Player of the Year. Coach of the year was Dana Altman, and freshman of the year was Jalen Brown, despite Matt Norlander's best protests. God, thank, thank, God, um, thank God the dude from Eastern Michigan is not in the Pac-12. Holy crap. I, I didn't even vote. I voted Ivan Rabb for freshman of the year. Shout so. out to JT4. <laughs> okay. What's the first team? Uh, first team was Ryan Anderson. I actually have to pull this one up because I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um, it was Ryan Anderson. It was Dylan Brooks. Brooks. It was... Gary Payton Jr., it was uh, Jacob Pertle and Josh Scott. Jalen Brown, they make first team. Jalen oh. Brown made second team because Matt left him off of his <laughs> You are a team. hater. Yes. You're a yes. hater, man. You're damn right I did. <laughs> Jalen Brown's got no business on an all-pac-12 first team. Are I'm you sorry. out of your mind? I'm he's, not out of my mind. He led a team from nowhere to the top 25. He of- wasn't the only one. He was the main one. Go ahead, go ahead and tell everyone why you hate Ty Wallace, Sam. Yeah, that was crazy to have Ty Wallace on this team. Ty Wallace had like a 48% true shooting percentage, pounded the ball into the ground like religiously uh, for that Cal team at points this year. Um, uh, What else do I want to Oh, he missed six games. I know. Undeniably, we're a better team when he was playing than when he wasn't. I don't know that I agree with that, but okay. Okay. Um, What league we got left? and the last league is the SEC. SEC was Tyler Eulis. It was John Calipari, which I think was a little bit of a surprise. And it was uh, Ben Simmons over Jamal Murray. Simmons was actually not unanimous. I voted for Jamal Murray. I'm tired of Ben Simmons and all his losing. Give me a winner, man. I can't deal with all that losing. Stop losing so much, dude. That's, I'm t- that's why I wrote what I wrote like a two, like week and a half ago. I'm telling you. He's going to be remembered for all this freaking losing. Pat Forty wrote a whole column on it. Now, I did vote for him for freshman of the year, and I had Kennedy for coach of the year. I understand the Jamal Murray vote, um, but Simmons, I, I just, 
it, it made I did think about it, but ultimately I said, nah. With what he's done, like overall, I it was it wasn't too hard of a vote for me to go with Simmons there. Yeah, uh, Scal. Yeah, it wasn't real hard. Either. Yeah, Scal made a late run at it. He did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know what that means. Scal made a late run at, 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 at uh, SEC freshman of the year. If it was just the outplayed, he outplayed Simmons. On, was, uh, get Saturday. out of here. <laughs> he made a late run at it like when two people are racing uh, 500 meters and <laughs> the second person starts right. running when the other person's at 480 meters. Norland, so this is my point. If you take SEC freshman of the year and turn it into SEC freshman of the last week, Scal made a run at it. <laughs> I have no retort sure. to that. <laughs> yeah, argue, sure. Hey, try try arguing against that, Norlander. Genius. I, I tell you what, I hated voting for the SEC first team, that's for sure. Oh, my God. Who are these guys, right? It's Jamal Murray, Tyler Eulis, Ben Simmons, Stefan Moody, yes. right? Yeah. Stephon Moody made it. Love Stefan Moody. And then the fifth was Damian Jones. I'm fine with that. What's so, what's so wrong with it's that fine, team? It's fine, but like, I guess I should say like the second team then really just became like a... Oh, it was a nightmare. It was a total yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Um. Our second team was Wade Baldwin, Kevin Punter, Jalen Jones, Michael Carrera, and Moses Kingsley. I don't um, think I voted for any of those guys except Punter, which just goes yeah, to show the SEC was a mess. It was. Like, you could add Retina Basahan, you could add J.J. Frazier, Daniel well, House, Gavin Ware. J.J. Um, Frazier probably should have been on the second team when you really look at what he was doing across the league. And Georgia, here's a quick, quick side stat. Georgia, for the first time, in program history, shout out to Mark Fox, has had four straight years. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. Let's just keep rolling. We're keeping rolling. For the first time, I'm almost positive this Oliver, is true. All like, Oliver wants to do is play golf. We got a golf setup up here where we, we putt and chip, and, and I'm trying to turn him into the next Phil Mickelson. And all he wants happen. to do is play golf, and you would think that, uh, I don't know, somebody lost track of him clearly because he got upstairs by himself. Well, um, anyway, good times. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, for the past. I guess three years or four straight for the first time in program history, Georgia has been 500 or better four straight years in uh, the SEC. That's never happened. Mark Fox, you know, still keeping that uh, team of Buffalo. JJ Frazier should have been a second team member all SEC. That's all I got. I think that's yeah, all I got. That's, that's so, fine. Who's in charge of the two year old while I'm doing the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> right that's good though no that's uh it, it, it adds a little flavor did you hear him if you so. could actually hear what he was saying i don't know if he's coming through he's saying i want to play golf i want to play golf i want to play golf <laughs> that's all he was saying he just wants to play golf i'm gonna you hey keep laughing in, in like in like 15 years i'm gonna have the best junior golfer in the world I, or I, or somebody who just plays on an ipad all day long one of the two <laughs> certain probably two yeah. probably number two it's probably uh probably the second all right what are we looking forward to, to this week other than uh uh, Tom Crean cutting down nets again at the Big Ten tournament. Um, well, I love I I do love the week um, because it's it's like you know it's the bonus week. Everyone talks about the tournament and that's really fun, but we you know you get daytime basketball and you can't beat that. You got uh, plenty of of you know bids being handed out, which is always fun to watch. Um, Big East tournament should be interesting uh, because the winner is probably going to get a one seed. Uh, Providence and Butler, I think, are both safely in. I think should we talk are... about any of this yet? Like uh, Big East, we're going to podcast on I Wednesday. I guess that's right. We're going to talk on Wednesday, right? Um, yeah. That's, let's that's... talk. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some West Coast Conference because that'll oh. be done on Tuesday. Because Gonzaga I... like might need to win that. Well, you think Gonzaga's in no matter. I do. What. I do. I think the week bubble there. again. No, it's it's. 
can we actually hold on GP? Can we talk like, let's just circle back here. Let's, let's look at Gonzaga. I'm going to bring up the, the comparison tool on CBSSports.com, which is, by the way, amazing. If you go to the Bracketology page on CBSSports.com, you can bring up, you'll see a tab that says Team Comparison. You can look at, again, it's RPI-based, which sucks, but that's what the committee uses. And you can look at what the committee will be seeing with a lot of its team sheets when it might be comparing, hey, Wichita State and Gonzaga. If Gonzaga isn't at large and doesn't win the West Coast Conference Tournament, they're going to look it up. So here's what we got. Uh, Wichita State is 24 and 8. Gonzaga right now is 24 and 7. It plays against BYU on Monday night. It's 15 and 3 in the league. Uh, its RPI is 66 to Wichita State's 47. It's non-conference D1. RPI is 84 to Wichita State's 81. Record versus the top 50. Wichita State is 1 and 4 with a tremendous home win over Utah. Gonzaga is 0 and 5 against the top 100. Uh, 51 to 100, I should say. Wichita State is 3 and 3. Gonzaga is 3 and 2. The one thing that Gonzaga has over Wichita State is Wichita State has one bad loss outside the top 100. Gonzaga has not lost. Uh, but Sam has been riding this that he thinks Gonzaga is going to get in. I thought that it was done in with its most recent loss. So let me pull this up here. So, okay. So what are we arguing here? We're arguing that. I think that both Wichita and Gonzaga get in regardless. Okay, here's Gonzaga. Zero top 50 wins, two losses outside of the top 50. I mean, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't much there. It's not much there. They don't have anything. Their best, I mean, they've beaten, they won at UConn on a neutral, and UConn is like. Yeah, like if you're talking them or UConn, who, like, do you put in Gonzaga or UConn? At that point, whenever Gonzaga is the head-to-head, UConn probably has a better resume. I don't know if it's all Well, UConn's head, but... next game is against Cincinnati, okay? And we're probably going to get to that on a future podcast. But that game could wind up, we'll see, determining a bid. I wouldn't be shocked if the loser of Cincinnati UConn didn't get in because UConn, and this is how you really slip down the hole, um, UConn, their best win is Texas, which is a better win than anything that Gonzaga has when it's, it's UConn. So if I had yeah. to pick... If I had to pick, I would pick UConn with with a little room to spare. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's a totally reasonable opinion. Um, I just think that we're going to get them both in for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, intuition, maybe, so to speak. Um, I, got, I think this, they're both getting in. And then we'll wrap up with this because I think this will put a nice bow on everything. Gonzaga, if it doesn't win the auto bid, better be glad it's called Gonzaga. And Wichita, yeah. on Selection Sunday, better be glad it's called Wichita. Because I do think that's about the only two things those schools got going for. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, St. Mary's has a much better resume than what Gonzaga does. Like, undeniably. Like, they're 6-2 and two against the top 100 compared to whatever Gonzaga is. Um, they are, like, you know, 26-4 and four have swept Gonzaga so far this year. So, like... If it came down to it as to those two at the at large table, I think that you'd have to take St. Mary's. And sure. I think St. Mary's deserves to be in regardless. Sure. Um, but yeah. Gonzaga's I, I, in a tough spot. But but it's going to come down to ultimately, I, if, if Gonzaga loses in the West Coast Conference tournament, I think on it gets back to that initial conversation we were talking about as it relates to, to Wichita State. What are you trying to do if you're the selection committee? Are you trying to get the 36 best at-large teams in? Because that is Gonzaga and Wichita State. Gonzaga's top 30 Ken Palm right now. If you're trying to get the best 36 at-large teams in, that's Gonzaga and Wichita State. It's not even a question. If you're trying to get the 36 most deserving at-large teams in, I'm not sure that's Gonzaga and Wichita State. So um, this would be the one year. I guess all the years would be great, but this would be a great year to actually be in that room, to be in that room and watch how they argue 
Um, obviously going to have to Wichita State given the circumstances and how they might have to argue for or against Gonzaga because um, I, th- I think these are the, the if Gonzaga needs an at large, it's going to be uh, two two interesting conversations. And I think uh, like I, we demonstrated for like twenty three minutes at the top of this, I think you can argue either way and t- it, like and not like sometimes in these debates, like one side is is arguing with a whole bunch of data and, and common sense. And the other side's just like arguing nonsense, right? I, I think with Wichita State and, and probably with Gonzaga, like you could intelligently argue both sides if you needed to. Mm-hmm. And that makes it uh, most interesting to me. All right, let's get out of here. I got to go play golf, apparently. Let's say we'll, uh, we'll chat Wednesday. Hey, we will, yeah, we, sure. will, we will talk again Wednesday. Remember, you can subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast at iTunes. That is the most efficient way, quickest way to get your, your hands on the latest episode. So go do that and then check back with us on, uh, on Wednesday morning. Until then, take care. <laughs>